Hello, greetings, and welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I'm your host, Ray Trujillo, and it is a pleasure to be here with all of you today. It is January 27th, 2024. We're in the new month of a new year, and for today's transmission, I like to cover some themes, and especially regarding the new year, and in addition to that, to touch a little bit upon reincarnation and our soul family groups and some of those aspects of universal laws of repetition. And I intend, since it's such a vast topic, I intend to cover as much as I can throughout today's transmission and upcoming transmissions, since it is so vast, of course. And so for this particular moment that we're all sharing as a constellation of souls in this beautiful universe, cohabiting planet Earth in the third dimension. We have so much to contend with and so much to rejoice with as well, and especially with the planetary alignments and astrologically speaking. Right now we're in the Leo full moon illumination and the remnants of that, and we have a great deal of Aquarian Plutonian energy. And what that means is that in the freedom loving, the humanitarian aspect of the Aquarius sign, the water bearer, that there's a lot of transformation and much can be said about transformation as transformation occurs inherently and consistently. Yet when we speak of the cycles in astrology, we speak of the cycles of the planet. Sometimes things can slow down. Sometimes things can rapidly increase with momentum. And sometimes thing, things can seem a bit stagnant as if it's hit a pause, a lull. And all of this is necessary in the divine timing of God's time, universal time. And so when we hear such energetic forces, when we hear about the remnants of those alignments, it can be quite discombobulating at times to process everything at once. Yet when we focus truly on just some of the mere facts and to look at the future-centric transformative aspects, then we can kind of gauge a little more and have a baseline to gauge and launch from with our own individual paths and also observing the paths of those around us that we love, that we counsel, that we adore, that we want to help. In, in essence, proaction is always the key and also conscientiousness, mindfulness, the love of ourselves and others, of course. Yet when we look at all of these transformations and everything that's ushered in so far in this brand new year and we just had this beautiful full moon the wolf moon two nights ago and when we look into that aspect of this aquarian plutonian energy there's much to i would say neutralize and to provide oneself a state of awareness and empowerment and acceptance, and a vision for the future. So the vision and the progressive vision in the souls, in the particular element of the soul's progress, and also in the progress of everything in the third dimensional realm, such as our tangible responsibilities, yet when our soul is in the aspect of application and approximating what we carry out, what we thereby fulfill into our third dimensional realm, then everything seems to become more harmonious when we're more aligned with the driving essence of our soul, our spirit, and our mind and body, where everything is cohesive and starts to work even more beautifully together in a harmonious way, as opposed to when there's this internal conflict that some people do experience, and it's not always one's fault, of course. This happens to all of us. Yet, you'll notice that there are people who may have moments in which they are extremely lost 
and they are resistant to receiving help, resistant to receiving the accountability inner insight of their own issues. And what prohibits them from moving forward and progressing and much of the time there's a great deal of ego the false negative separative ego much of the time it can be a great deal of defense where the system is terrified of moving forward and so when you are in the place of progress and you observe that someone else is not in that place of progress everyone has their own time for self-actualization and progress with their soul and also with the actions that carry out from the mind, body, soul and in that space-time continuum where everything just seems to become more cohesive, harmonious and of course less conflict-oriented and more about cooperation-oriented. And Aquarius is a great deal of cooperation you know, it is a lot of this, bring everyone together, let's culminate, let's love one another, let's combine forces to save the world, let's combine forces to save the planet, save the animals. And I'm not limiting that Aquarius is the sign that rules all of this savior mentality to help others, to save the world, to make the world a better place, because Every sign, of course, and some people don't believe in this at all, and that's fine, but every sign is appointed and has its own aspects, yet some signs have a more deeper inclination to have those posits in the universal realm, where their sign is a little more inclined, or in the energy of the new Aquarian age, and also coming into that, out of the Piscean age, that when you see it in a universal spectrum, there can be a lot of the excess with anything and then a lot of the limitations with anything as well. Yet with the water bearer, the Aquarian sign, it is one of the deep truths that it is a let's be free, let's have our autonomy, we are sovereign selves, and we have the choice to choose and be a free spirit, a free bird, essentially, if you will, right? And so that is a very, very, very powerful essence to behold, especially when it's innately within oneself. And then you have others that may have the limitation self-imposed, or perhaps they've been unable to transcend their limitations. Yet, this is that motivational drive to continue the force field and to have an influence upon ourselves and our fellow brothers and sisters in this planet and also in conjunction with the elemental kingdom, the angelic kingdom, and the Christ consciousness, the Buddha consciousness of this world and beyond this world. So when we focus on the vision, the progress, and the hopefulness, despite anything going on in this present day, despite the discord and the calamity, the chaos, and a lot of the dysfunction that we see that's increasingly growing in that way in which the Aquarian aspect is so loving and so wanting to congregate and bring everyone together and commune, there is that balance of, wow, where we have so much opposition, we also have so much hope for love and so much hope for humanity despite a downfall of humanity at the same time. And there's always going to be the yin and the yang what goes up must come down, and what is above and what is below, the hermetic dictum. And then we can also think of the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. And so in all of these aspects of when we are confronted with an inverted reality where it just seems like it's a twilight zone out there, people, our closest friends and family, um, people that we work with, where you hear stories, you hear these, and they're not allegories. Like they're they're true stories, and they're not fictitious, and they're not a, I would say, something that is fan fantasized about or fantastical, or it's not hyperbole. It's actually really truly occurring, and it makes one pause for 
where is the regulation? Why are nervous systems being so irregulated? And yes, we can speak of we're going through a grand solar maximum. If you want to talk about the grand solar minimum, we're in a maximum in the sun, the solar flares, the CMEs, and our, uh, we have solar forcing as well. And then we also have the manufactured effects that <clears throat> affect our earth and affect our with chemtrails. And I would recommend everyone look at Geoengineering Watch. Dane Wigington is a superb human being. I recommend that everyone really check out his site, geoengineeringwatch.org. And he has a beautiful YouTube channel. And he is an animal lover, a nature lover, and an advocate for humanity and all of the sentient beings of this planet. And he is just a divine essence, in my opinion, in my view, and many others' view. But um, you can find out more about that. But when we see all these external frequencies that are being utilized and weaponized against us here on Earth and against our fellow brothers and sisters and in our animal kingdom and our Mother Nature Gaia kingdom, what do we do to counteract that? So we want to apply the vision in every single aspect that we can to support the survival and also with the implied hope that we can carry out that hope and acquiesce that and align that. And when we look at all of these, the future-centric transformations, the idealizations that we truly want to foster and maintain, there's the heart vision, in essence, the heart vision for the future, the spirit vision for the future the Christ consciousness vision for the present and future, the Buddha consciousness for the present and future. So the mind, heart, soul, the mind, heart, body matrix, everything is existing in this beautiful inner constellation of ourselves, in the inner cycle of ourselves, in addition to, I would say, congruently with the external outer realms interdimensionally interplanetary and with our beautiful solar system and those planets that we are so in touch with even if we may or may not believe it it is essentially the truth there is so much to that when if there's with the moon and the ocean and the tide you'll notice that the moon the moon rises the moon ascends Everything is in a beautiful constellation with Mother Nature and the planetary influences. So even if one does not agree or they are in a disavow of anything to that nature, then look scientifically. And if you look in the scientific aspect, there's much to the cycles. How, does, how do bones regenerate? How does a skin, the largest organ, regenerate? Everything has the possibility and the probability of regeneration and thereby alongside with cycles. And so also in, in this time, before I commence into the reincarnation aspect of things, this is another bit of advice for this particular time in this new year, 2024, that when we must be very mindful for ourselves and mindful for those that we love and those we care about of the hyper-awareness of our communication. There are people out there who do not speak loving words to their fellow loving family and loving friends, and that is such a disdain upon the psyche and in the ethical field and the moral compass of karma and the transmutation because every time that we speak a word that is negative especially if it's a baseless accusation against someone and i'm not here to be holier than thou at all i'm just speaking in the mannerism of humanity especially right now in the aquarian aspect yet this is just a loving reminder that those of you who have been subjected to disdain and scorn from loved ones and those of you who have been on the other side of it where you just happen to be a persecutor 
and you've done some things or said some things that maybe you regret, maybe you didn't know why, maybe you felt impulsiveness. And if you did know why and you just did it on purpose, there's a whole different congregation of that thought. Yet, please be very, very, very much aware of the communication because when we utter a word, we thereby prophesize that word. And so when we speak of goodness, when we speak of love and light to those that we truly love and honor or those that we want to prosper and thereby also receive prosperous reciprocation from just that thought of, I wish my fellow brother, my fellow sister, my fellow man the best. I wish them the very best with all of their pursuits. Yet if one does a baseless and senseless accusation against one, that is literally out of left field, that is not warranted, not justified, completely illegitimized, and it's unconscionable, there is a framework with that in which those words will echo and the echo chamber in the valleys of the words that people regret that they've spoken that were completely unwarranted and illegitimate and with zero conviction there. And so those essences align with the laws of karma. So if we do good and we be good, we receive good. Sometimes we might be good, not always receive good. Yet that law of karma does catch up with us at some point when we least expect it, good or bad. So in that law of, in the physics of that law, you know, what goes up must come down, Murphy's Law, and then also if we have the application of the energetic law in which this universe is all about energy, this these bodies that we inhabit are all energetic bodies, we are all energy fields. And so our thoughts become things, what we utter, what we write, to spell, spell is essentially the origin of the word spell is from when we write something down, thoughts become things, it materializes. So we have to be very mindful and hyper aware of our communication, because at times there will be inferences in which whatever we outpicture, whatever we deliver, at some point in time, when you least expect it, good or bad, the law of action and reaction, karma, does return an eye for an eye it does it's just the law of this universe if we live here today there is the law of the universe and even the darkness knows that the darkness if you notice that on the dark side of things they must tell us what they're going to do in advance such as predictive programming such as literally putting it into white papers and having it right there in front of us because Thereby, if they state that they showed us and told us what they're planning to do, then then by that default, by that law and that mechanism of that law, that they are now truly absolved from any of those, per- perhaps, let's say, transgressions or what their actions could be that could really cause decimation, right? And so even the darkness is aware that there's that that law of that. And so what I mean by this is being hyper aware of the communication style in which we carry, and that's also for ourselves, for ourselves and others that are around us. So when we have in this time, just think of this lunation, this particular cycle especially, when I speak of the echo chamber of words, good and bad, these words, these utterances do have a long-lasting effect? And do we want to speak words that cut others? Do we want to speak words that dissolve the cuts of others? So in many essences, just really be loving towards yourself and um, mindful. And then if you have some essences that you just cannot transcend because it's so deep, then really take some time out for yourself to heal yourself and to give yourself compassion during those times because 
it is a twilight zone out there. It really is. And so, and I don't mean to be negative, but it's the truth. So when you want to essentially gain your empowerment and acceptance and your confidence and self-acceptance in this new year, one of the biggest aspects as well in conclusion of this aspect is your self-worth and your worthiness. And when you have all of these, let's say, impartations that you want to just really, really, really essentially foster and magnetize in this new year, you want to kind of break away from the old and insert a new awareness of self, insert a new embodiment of your highest self. And those are beautiful goals. And so continue with that, regardless of anything or anyone who's negative around you. If you believe it and you're not harming yourself, you look at all the pieces and you feel and you breathe it and you have the aroma of it. You have the essence of it within you. And then you can proceed to go forward and then procure your essential dreams and your goals and have those endeavors become truly realized so that you deserve to truly self-actualize, progress, the progression of the soul, application of the hope and the vision for yourself, and also the vision and belief in your abilities. And so I think this might be a good time to go into some of the, since I'm speaking of cycles, going into the repetition of our lives and our lifetimes. And so many of you may believe in reincarnation. Many of you may not. But for those of you that do or those of you that may be interested, there's so much to discover and uncover and really delve into about this. So for today, I'm going to touch on just a few aspects of it. And most commonly, what people tend to ask me the most, I'm going to touch upon the most commonly asked questions regarding reincarnation and soul groups, and also in the way in which it affects our lives. One of the most common questions would be, why does this particular person seem to be in my life right now? Why are they so difficult? Why do they have so much opposition? Why is every interaction with them so disconcerting and so difficult? I'm trying to be so loving to them, yet they are extremely resistant. And then they thereby throw baseless accusations, right, at, at the self. So in the query of it all, that's one example. And this could be in the spectrum of friends, family, colleagues. Yeah, this is a question that I'm asked so often. Why does this person seem to just have all the opposition and I'm just existing being myself? What is it about? Well, technically and logistically, we can go into personality. We can go into characteristic flaws. We could go into defects. <clears throat> we could go into spiritual defects. We can go into ancestral defects. We could also go into disorders and character traits and personality disorders. I mean, there's so much with just one human being. Yet, when it just seems as if all hope is lost in this more internalized way, where it just feels as if this is a familiar feeling of it feels as if, wow, like I am having some deja vu. It just feels like I've known this person before. So, and this could also be the case with people that we don't necessarily choose to be in our family or in our friend group or our colleagues, yet somehow the universe brings that choice to the forefront and by a degree of separation, it just happens to unfold that way. And so sometimes there is this phenomena of, I would say, conservation. The universe, God's creation, our souls, 
we actually have free will. God has bestowed us the beautiful blessing of free will. Many do not abide by the free will um, in the most conscientious way. Many do. Many can also be in the category of, I really want to do the right thing, but I'm having a struggle doing the right thing. And I'm not here to chastise anyone or persecute anyone at all. I'm just speaking humanity's truth. I'm speaking of the natural ordination and the orientation of us as human beings sharing and inhabiting and cohabiting this earthly realm. And we're all prone to fault. We're all, you know, fallible at times with things, but we're here to reckon and we're here to reconstitute ourselves. We're here to relearn, regrow, renew, regenerate, regenerate. We're here to have additional chances to really make ourselves new. And so when we hear, like, say, through me, I make things new again, through Jesus, right? If you hear the regeneration process, the metamorphosis, the transformation, we're always in a state of becoming new. Every single day, it's a new day. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is the beginning of the rest of your life. So every single day is a brand new start for anyone. It's never too late for anyone, as long as you want to make those changes, as long as you want to implement those changes. So when we look at repetition and we look at the laws of repetition, we look at the laws of energy, we see that much of the time that cycles and themes can repeat itself. And sometimes we have lessons to really learn, lessons to teach, lessons to share. And there's also in times where there's like in a less restrictive way that we can have that looking glass into our life and into our field. And some people may wonder, why do I seem to have quote unquote bad luck? I'm doing everything I can, but I'm having bad luck. Just nothing's working out for me. And then you have other people that are like, wow, I'm so grateful. I've been having such a, you know, momentous good fortune, but I'm so terrified I'll get taken away because long ago I didn't have good fortune. So there's those two schools of thought. But when you look at the process of accepting responsibility and your free will, the application of your free will for what you choose to orient, you take that empowerment for yourself and you go through the place of accepting responsibility for yourself and your choices and how you treat others, of course. And then you can apply the understanding and the concept of understanding yourself and then allowing some self-healing to commence. And that's a great deal of dissolving the false negative separative ego. And so when you experience these profound shifts of your consciousness and also your subconsciousness, which I'll discuss, of course, a little further, that all of these pieces, you're basically in control. And if you've had a string of bad luck, you can literally resurrect from that and find if you've been doing something the same way this whole time, perhaps now is the time to brainstorm and see what you can do differently that is not going to create harm or injury upon you. You look at something in a different way. Open up the field of your mind. Meditate. Pray. Ask God for help. Ask intercession from your angels. Ask the universal kingdom for help. Or just jot down and put down a journal. Start to just ex exercise it out and see what unfolds for you. But we do have free will. It's a God-given gift. And it's a God-given gift of that free choice, free will. And there's so much freedom in that, that if you have that free will application, then certainly you can also have the free will to take responsibility for your stories. And so stories that are in our lives that we are, our origin story, the genesis of ourselves in this incarnation, and we can go into the previous incarnations as well. However, we are creators and co-creators 
And when we transcend from the victim mentality in this third dimensional realm, and we allow ourselves to be empowered and thereby be a co-creator of this world, wow, how beautiful is that? To be the master of your own universe. Think Shira, He-Man, masters of the universe. To do good, be good, and help those around you, yet be empowered and utilize those blessings, those gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the universal angelic realm, right? The kingdom of heaven is inherently within you. And so when you look at this essence of the, I would say, appropriation of your thoughts and of what happens to you, what you do to others, that law of karma, of cause, reaction, action, cause, reaction, and then a cycle, and it's this repetitive cycle, and it happens in throughout all humanity, well, we can see that karma truly is not a punishment, yet it's the consequence. And so people tend to really go into, let's say, crazy, self-destructive, discordic behavior. Um, sometimes they self-sabotage and they endure a self-punishment. And when the denigration of the soul, the denigration of the mind, the denigration of actions occurs, that's also inflicting karma because if you are continuing that cycle, then you're thereby exacerbating that denigration and ruin. And that is why we have second chances and third chances and fourth chances and, you know, a trillion chances to continue to try to transcend and transmute, alchemize for ourselves another chance. Instead of self-sabotaging, let's say that you have a goal and you want to really be nicer to your family, right? But sometimes you just can't help it. You have this impulse to be defensive. You're in a victimhood mentality. You just feel like everyone's against you. You're paranoid. You just don't feel good about things. You're going through a lot and you just say, I want to attack my dear brother. I'm just going to say some mean things to my brother today. I just can't help it. But if you actually mindfully envision, this is part of the vision and the progress, you visualize yourself and you say, my dear twin brother, wow, if I write that to him, if I speak that to him, if I have that confrontation with him, I, wow, that's actually not going to bode well. And then I'm going to have to go through a cycle again and again. Perhaps I'm going to stop the self-sabotage and what's really on my mind. And perhaps I might just share with my twin brother that, you know, I'm having a really hard time and I just don't know how to deal with things. Can you be, can you be patient with me right now? Because I don't want to be the way that I've been. I've been cruel. I've been unkind. I've been uncouth. I've been, you know, completely lacking emotional intelligence. And I've just been very, uh, let's say, uncivilized, right? And of course, your twin brother is going to respond and say, my dear brother, yes, of course, now that you've expressed to me that you're having some struggle with your self-actualization, your self-sabotage, okay, now I'm aware that you're taking accountability of these and I will be happy to assist you in this process because you're stepping up. God helps those who help themselves. And I know that conversations don't go verbatim like that, but I'm speaking in the overall 50,000 view above that this is essentially the pinpoints of things. So when we look at the places of how to heal ourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually, when we try one little action, even if it's the aha, the epiphany, wow, Eureka, I found out this one microscopic, minuscule microcosm aspect my goodness, wow, that actually makes sense. But it seems so small. Yet, bravo, because that one tiny minuscule actually leads to sequential additional pieces of the puzzle, additional pieces of the fractal mirror. And in that shattered mirror that we see in the reflection, piece by piece, it starts to recreate itself and unshatter itself and then come together more. And then now we have a shiny, beautiful, crystalline mirror. 
um, God's mirror, the reflection of God, the reflection of our own self with the creation of who we are in this present moment and who we are tomorrow. And that co-creation reality of how that distortion is being now resolved. So karma is not punishment at times, but it's merely consequence. And so it is a necessary functioning because through that, it helps us to advance to the next level of our consciousness and also transcending our subconscious and all the wounds that we've endured and suffered. And a lot of times if we think of ourselves as those victims that we that I just discussed, if we go through the place that is fearful, the unhealed, the unrealized aspects, we just have to let ourselves say, I am a victim no more, and I'm going to prosper myself one step at a time. I want to end this cycle. I want to end this negative cycle. And one realizes that a smile, a simple, sincere hello, a simple essence of gratitude, instead of conflict, let's go to gratitude when at any given chance, correct? So what can we do to make changes for the better in our lives and our world? And so when we are in this creation element and the co-creation element of shifting in our individual ways and shifting that individual consciousness and that stream, and we're going to expansion, right? Everything has this contrast here and where things have a time, you know, a tendency to constrict and then expand and contract. And then, wow, like there's this whole contraction expansion thing going on as well. So finding that balance, finding that beautiful balance for you. So where when you are in the ocean, you're not being swept away by, you know, if you're not a surfer, right, you want to have a particular, you don't want the tsunamis, you want the nice waves, you want the big waves, you want the great waves that you can really know how to work with and swim with, and then have a moment of reprieve and rest when you can, instead of fighting against the tide. That does not work well with nature, with ourselves. So we allow ourselves to continuously evolve, again, the progress of ourselves, and to literally unfold our enlightenment. That enlightenment is within each and every one of us. We all have the potential for enlightenment. We all have the potential for gifts. We are not just human bodies in flesh and bone here. We are all spirits. We are all beautiful souls inhabiting physical bodies as our vehicle. And so if you can become unstuck and allow yourself that permission and that compassion to become unstuck out of these patterns of repetition and you can truly allow yourself to heal, then that's one step of, I would say, dissolving some of the patterns that are part of the reincarnation repetition. And so now if we go into the place from the empowerment of ourselves and we go to, let's say, conservation of energy, and I think that I should continue this in the next upcoming show but with with karma with reincarnation with the laws of that energy bodies our energetic beings that we are we often will reincarnate to conserve energy and the lessons that we have to learn the lessons we have to share the lessons we have to teach others and thereby also that they teach us a lot of the rectification that occurs a lot of times it's really hard to just get up and go and travel the entire world to find that particular previous incarnation soul that perhaps there's unfinished business with. So guess what happens? Oftentimes, oftentimes, the universe makes it a little more simplified by approximation of vicinity, where you may have that twin brother may be born your twin brother. So it's much easier to confront and to heal and to, I would say, 
um, really, I, the confrontation is a huge thing, but to have that encounter, I think that's the best choice of word, is to have that chance of encounter, that chance encounter by approximation where how convenient, this is my twin brother, wow, wow, is this really a chance for us to work things out in this particular lifetime? And that's up to you, right? That's up to your belief system, your decision, of course, your free will. Yet when I speak of it in these logistic principles and in these aspects of laws of the universe, well, it makes actually a lot of sense because now you can save time and you can touch upon it head on. And so any of the conflict that occurs with that twin brother or the twin brother towards you, let's say, and I'm using that as an example, recurring themes become exposed. Current, past life traumas, patterns, all of that. So when you identify these repetitions and those themes that are current right now and perhaps concurrent with the previous incarnation, there could have been a choice to have this brought to our attention again in this field, in this year, in this lifetime now, to where sometimes we have to completely own up and take accountability, responsibility for some things that we've done. And then if they can't take responsibility for the things that they've done, then this is our chance to, if we've been on the other side of the let's see, the guillotine, where we were the victim of the guillotine. I'll just say it that way. And they were our persecutor, executor, okay? And sometimes we've been the persecutor, executor as well. It's, you know, we're, we sometimes we can take turns depending on different things, but we can come out of those cycles as I'm speaking of today because we do have free will, but the key is, is to be open to the hyperintelligence of our actions and make the choice, because as soon as you start to say, I'm not going to let my twin brother defeat me and cause me ridicule, or I'm not going to cause my twin brother ridicule and disdain. Once you start to make that conscientious choice, you start to dissolve those themes and those repetitive cycles, and you start to dissolve the karmic energetic pattern of consequence. And then things start to improve. And sometimes, you know, things will never change because there has to be two parties at least that make this their own internal decision however the good news is that when one party does not align with the reality and they are just obtuse to everything and they just do not want to see what they're doing but if you are on the other side and you're recognizing that, you can actually disavow and send neutralization by forgiveness to that person. You send neutralization, you truly nullify and dissolve with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the ultra superpower of love and compassion. It's not a place of weakness. It's actually a higher place of empowerment because when you can be that strong and that confident and that empowered to actually exalt and to procure and to deliver that forgiveness, even if it's not to the person's face, even if it's just under God, under the universe, under Buddha, under any of the elements, it transcends through the ethers. It transmutes through the ethers. There's an alchemization process of forgiveness because you thereby are releasing the poison of the offender's toxic behavior and their execution of you in any capacity. You are surrendering and releasing, letting go, letting loose of that poison, whether it be the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, the energetic, the intellectual, any of that that has occurred when you send forgiveness to the source of darkness, to the source of that ridicule and baseless accusation, let's say, you're actually becoming in a place where you disavow from that cycle. You begin the process forgiveness. Sometimes we have to 
return back to a cycle to actually learn that, wow, if that soul never progresses and never changes, maybe it's up to me to just send forgiveness. Do you see this pattern and you see the trajectory? And then you say, wow, I can actually take it into my own hands. This is the gift of free will where I'm master of my universe and I thereby can actually carry out forgiveness because what superpower and most magical ability is that to forgive. And yes, we have people that we have to forgive murderers. We have to forgive the evil people of this world at times, but that is the superpower because that creates a strength. The darkness can't stand that. The darkness loves victimhood. The darkness loves when we're upset and we stay in a cycle in the echo chambers of sadness and victimhood. But when we rise up and we say, I will not let this person disempower me any longer. I thereby am going to regain my power and achieve my empowerment through the act of the supernatural, super powerful aspect and alchemization of forgiveness. And just because you can forgive does not mean that you forget the transgression. It does not mean that you become best friends with them or that you send them love notes and you know, you deify them, you know, that you deify them. But no, you actually, it's for you. It's for yourself. So you can transcend that. And you can transform yourself. Instead of being deeply entrenched in those cycles of repetition. So when we attempt to break a pattern, let's say, and we feel that history is repeating ourselves, like, wow, I have re reincarnated with this particular twin brother through so many lifetimes and they've been my father they've been my stepmother they've been my stepchild they've been my teacher they were my fencing instructor they were my ballet teacher whatever it might be throughout different lifetimes right but there's always going to be some sort of discord and you feel it and sometimes there's just these beautiful harmonious just love at first sight relationships that wow like i feel like i've known you for a million trillion years I've known you since the beginning of time. My goodness, or wow, you just seem so familiar. And we're best friends now for like 30 years, right? So in essence, though, this is the element that I'm speaking of, that it can be good. But I speak of the, the difficulty first, because it's so easy to discuss the harmony and the love and the, the excitement of having like a sister from another mother that's like your soul sister, right? Or your soul brother, um, that's, it, it, that's very sweet and nice and lovely to discuss, yet the difficult aspects, the negative aspects, the things that we must contend with, that's what I'm discussing today because that is what happens to most people. That's what occurs with most people's, the differences and their own internal conflicts and external conflicts and their complexities that cause them a great deal of suffrage in their life in the present day. So I felt it fitting to discuss that today, and I will discuss more of that in the upcoming shows. Yet, back to the history repeating itself. So when we have these coordinations and these laws, there are so many laws of the universe, and if we can work with those laws, we have the inner Ten Commandments, the inner constitution of ourselves, and there's a law of actualization, law of energy, and the law of repetition. And if we know that something's going to repeat itself, and if we fail to break the pattern, of course, what you resist persists, correct? So when we resist, it persists, whether it's good or bad. You know, but typically it's when we resist something that we are aware that this is not good for me. Why am I self-inflicting trauma to myself, self-inflicting injury? Well, we must recognize that we're in that trapped cycle and we can untrap ourselves. We can free ourselves because the moment you start to feel powerless against someone, that is when you must appropriate and insert your free will. That history and historically within a pattern, that it does nothing on its own truly, that we are all characters in the storyline truly we are all affecting 
our history in the making right now. And even though like we can, like I was saying earlier, like become deeply entrenched in those notions and it can be very off putting and upsetting when we realize that, wow, you know, if this is something that I must reconfront in this lifetime and face once again, perhaps I'm just going to break the cycle and I'm just going to send forgiveness. You know, I'm just going to send forgiveness. Perhaps this reoccurring theme would cease. And sometimes if it doesn't just cease, if we think that we've forgiven and then we feel like, oh, nothing's changed, then that's when you have to go a little deeper and go into a different place of your energy field and do a lot of self-healing and also, you know, procure the aid and assistance of a very well-trained counselor, psychologist, or past life regressionist that is trained and, you know, always make sure that this person is the top of the top for you. And because that way you get the most effective help if you have someone who's very seasoned and really knows what they're doing, of course. And that's just a general rule of thumb, of course. But in order to transcend the previous power of trauma that has residual in this life, it is so, 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 I would say, frightening at times to really have the element of foresight or insight to reflect and to actually see, wow, this is really happening and I don't know how to review this. I don't know how to see this. I don't know how to accept this. And then, of course, naturally what happens is it goes on the back burner. It becomes something of a, I'll get to that. Um, and then a year goes by, two years goes by, some years go by, and then some self-coping mechanisms come in, injurious behavior, self-inflicting, uh, let's say, behavior um, that doesn't help to cope with the pain, to suppress the pain. Things like that happen, right, to all of us. So you really want to look at the perception of where you feel threatened. Because I can actually talk about the brain here. When your brain feels threatened, and we've all heard of the, you know, flight or, you know, fright, flight, the adrenal, the pause, the freezing up. And in those intrinsic reactions to trauma, our brain does secrete so many chemicals through the body, such as when we have oxytocin. You know, when we're in the honeymoon phase or when you're pregnant with a new baby, like the body's flooded with these feel-good chemicals to assist the process, right? We have our serotonin and our dopamine and a lot of these amazing, naturally God-given biochemical responses within ourselves. Yet in the perception, when the heart races, when the gastrointestinal field, when your sacral chakra starts to get activated in your stomach, the second brain starts to feel a little distressed. These stress hormones start to come up and truly affect the hippocampus. It affects your brain cells and it affects so much of where your memory is located in your hippocampus, your brain. And, and then it hijacks your amygdala, you know, so it's like you have so much that you have to contend with that's really pervasive. It feels so, I would say, uh, when they say stress kills, there's so much truth to that statement, stress kills. So you really want to be cautious of feelings. So that's why I always recommend have a trusted therapist, counselor, spiritual advisor, or past life regressionist if you ever wanted to delve into these things, because it is something that I would not recommend on your own. Um, so I just wanted to create that disclaimer there and um, due to all of these aspects of healing yet the process can be a bit um, complex but that's how we achieve goals in this life in this world in this realm nothing comes easily so i wanted to conclude with for today's show this is the first day of the rest of your life we always have a chance to start anew and take these opportunities to journal, to pray, to meditate, to learn how to pray, to learn how to meditate, learn how to chant, learn how to do 
some beautiful healing modalities. Look into some of those aspects for yourself. And I wish you the most beautiful remainder of this month of January 2024. And it is always a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Thank you for those that subscribe to this show, The Beyond Earth Show. And I'm your host, Ray Trujillo, and I hope you have the most magical and splendid upcoming two weeks. Thank you. Bye.